Podcast. It's Wu Tang Wednesday. We're back. Got the Super Bowl hangover going on. We're all here. Black Josh, you good? I'm good. Killer Kyle, you good? Real quick, Rush Limbaugh sucks. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi sucks. <laughs> Fuck them all. So much for no politics. Yeah, politics are here. Seamus, you good? No. No. <laughs> we'll get into all that. We'll get into why everyone's hurting today in a moment. I'm not hurting. I'm fine. You're good? I'm good. Yeah? Well, actually, no, let's get into it now. Killer Kyle, what, what's, what's pressing on your mind right now? What, what's hurting you? I watched the State of the Union address last night, and I loved it because I thought it was super entertaining. I don't... I don't go left, I don't go right, I don't really care about sides, but that was so (laughs) funny, Um, Rush Limbaugh is a joke, he really is, if anybody's ever heard his show, he is such a pompous ass, Um, he he has degraded victims of school shootings and he's now in the category of Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks Amelia Earhart, all these famous icons that have won the Presidential Medal of Freedom and Rush Limbaugh's in that category, it's a joke and Nancy Pelosi looked ridiculous yesterday, she made the Democrats look like a complete joke and What's his name? Kirk Douglas died today, and I think he died way too young. It's just, it's a sad day. I mean, he had another 25, 30 years left in him, if you ask me. Well, yeah, I thought we were just going to talk about Kirk Douglas. He was in his 90s, though, correct? He was 103. Oh, my God. He was a a fever. He was a fever, huh? Hot-blooded. Yeah, if you get a 103-degree fever, yeah, get it. Yeah, I thought we were just going to talk Kirk Douglas. Yeah, he probably... He probably I had that on my mind. It was. It just needed to come out. He probably could have kept kicking, but I, I mean, if there's any if there's any consolation, 103, he had a really good run. you got to say that, right? I, I think he had more women to hang out with than, <laughs> you know. I mean, money does wonders. I, I think if you have money, you can live forever. Uh, or at least past 100. I think we're getting to a point within possibly our lifetimes that people may have the capabilities to live forever. That's for the Joe Rogan Show. We're talking sports here. Seamus, what's on your Not mind? Not us, though. What's on your mind, bud? Oh, I'll, I'll just wait. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. And with that... What's wrong, dude? He'll talk. Everybody knows. He'll talk. We're, that's one of the big topics, I'm sure I can touch on it. Black Josh, what's bothering you today? Literally nothing. All right, Josh is good. <laughs> I'm good. And you know why? You guys know why I'm good? Nope. Why? Because with the Super Bowl being over, 
baseball is back. How about that? Well, well, I mean, we have NBA still, too. Baseball is back, just like Kyle just said. And we're, gonna <laughs> st- <laughs> we're not going to start off in the obvious place. I'm going to leave that for the second topic, because I prepared the show about a minute before the big news came down last night. So first, I want to talk about something else that happened yesterday. The Wall Street Journal came out with an article on Christian Yelich. And it was uh, a writer named Jared Diamond. He came out with a piece on Yelich yesterday. And it was involving um, Christian Yelich is making an attempt to essentially become the face of Major League Baseball. And that might strike some people. Why isn't it Mike Trout? You know, why isn't it Mookie Betts? Well, those guys really haven't taken on the mantle of being the face of baseball. They've kind of been more of your quieter kind of superstars. Whereas Christian Yelich, I mean, there's, there's several examples of this. Um, that he's been, he's been trying to become, you know, a face of the sport. Uh, he sat down for an interview with GQ recently. He posed nude in ESPN's body issue. He was the only baseball player to do so last year. And he was on a, he was on an episode of Magnum PI in March, and he wore a suit. He wore this fancy suit made by this fancy stylist for the All Star Game last year. So he's been making an effort and a push. And after he won his MVP award in 2018. He actually went to New York to the, the marketing department of Major League Baseball and sat down and said, what do we got to do to grow the sport? What can I do as the MVP to become, you know, and he, not, not that he wants to do it selfishly, but he wants to grow baseball as a brand. And I'll give you a couple, a couple notes on that. So LeBron James has close to 59 million followers on Instagram. Odell Beckham Jr. has 14 million. There's not a single active baseball player who has even crossed the 2 million uh, follower threshold. Um, so last year, Mike Trout was, he was part of a campaign after Rob Manfred made some comments about him, and he said, I just want to play, kind of indicating that he didn't want to do all the hubbub. He didn't want to become this, this larger-than-life figure. He just likes to go out before the games, toss a ball around with kids, sign autographs, and play as hard as anyone's ever played. And Christian Yelich thinks he has what it takes to take on that, that role, um, especially now with the, sport, the sports shrinking audience in the, in the, in the youth. So I, I, that begs the question that I want to ask you guys. Do you think that Yelich has what it takes to become the face of Major League Baseball? I'm going to start with you, Black Josh. I do think he does. That's my opinion. Yeah? Um, the only thing that scares me about it a little bit is what happens if the Brewers let him go then? You know? That I don't like. Yeah. And, I don't want to think about that. And that's a very real possibility. We at least have him for this year. We know that. Hopefully they can throw some money at him in the next offseason. And I guess we'll kind of get to talking to contracts about contracts later. I'm going to move it over to you, Seamus. Do you think Christian Yelich has what it takes to be that face of baseball, that guy who, you know, is on the cover of video games, the guy who the, the kids all over the nation, you'll see real Christian Yelich jerseys in a Brewers uniform. What do you think? If baseball handles him right, yes, I do. Um, but it's it's going to take... I, I think he, his personality is such that he can be. But it's a question of, is Major League Baseball going to let him be? 
Well, the based on this article, I mean, this is just one article I've read, but it was very detailed. It sounds like they're trying their best to work with him because there hasn't been this this Mike Trout coming out and saying, "Hey, what can I do to to be this this product for you?" At, at the same time as being a very productive player, and we haven't seen that from even Cody Bellinger, who was the MVP last season, or you know, Jose Altuve or Mookie Betts. There hasn't really been that guy who's come out and made a concerted effort. And I actually think Christian Yelich sort of has a very boring personality. I was pretty shocked that he went and did the body issue, but that's clearly him, you know, making a statement saying like, I'm here, I want to do this. And I think if he works together with Major League Baseball, and I mean, he continues to put up the kind of numbers he has, and I'll give you a little a little taste of that in the last two years, um, Christian Yelich... In the last two years, he leads the majors with a 327 batting average and ranks second in OPS, only behind Mike Trout the last two seasons. So he has the numbers. More than likely, he will be able to sustain at least some level of that kind of greatness. So I think he does. I'm going to take it over to you, Kyle. What do you think about Christian Yelich and this effort that he seems to be making to become a face of baseball? Well, he fits the mold. His age, his young um, he's just entering the prime of his career. He's had monster numbers the last two years. I mean, his stock is just going up. Um, it, he he's going to be around for quite some time. And my thing is, is that if he wants, if if he wants to be the face of Major League Baseball, Brewers got to start winning. Um, and I think that's why that's part of the reason why you don't hear of Mike Trout being that big as far as like the average fan knowing who he is because he plays on a team that he hasn't been in the postseason in the last few years. Uh, winning is everything. You look at Patrick Mahomes in the NFL, and he is clearly taking on the face of the NFL. The the things he's done in the last two years is unprecedented. Um, Christian Yelich needs to be a winner, uh, in my mind, if he could take off. Everything else is there. Yeah, I think I think for for the average baseball fan, I think we all know Mike Trout. I mean, many people laud him as the 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 biggest generational talent we've seen probably since the nineties with with maybe Jeter and maybe. Um, I mean, you Barry Bonds. I mean that that era is tainted. Mike Trout is essentially the face, even with the losing record. And the Brewers have been winning, and I think that has kind of catapulted him to this point. They've had back-to-back postseason bursts. Yeah, they haven't won at all, but neither have the Dodgers with Cody Bellinger, and he's pretty well known. But I, I think it. I think we might see this. We we might see Christian Yelich as emerging as this face. Do you think his activity in these commercials and this this sort of media will will hurt himself or po- potentially the Brewers, Black Josh? I don't think so. I think it's just going to help. Yeah, getting getting his face out there is only going to help his cause and every and you know baseball's cause. But I'll I'll agree with Seamus in saying that they got to handle it right. Yeah. Also, and that's one thing that even Yelich alluded to. He he said the culture of baseball sometimes discourages players from being big personalities. Like, the NBA is so good at letting players speak. 
letting players do what they want. They don't censor their Twitter. You know, and, and football is pretty good with that, too, where the players can kind of be themselves, a la Richard Sherman, you know, Pat Mahomes. He just chugged two beers like Stone Cold Steve Austin at the parade. Rob Gronkowski is another good example where his personality is really shown. But, yeah, Seamus, I think you were pretty dead nuts on that point that, yeah, maybe Major League Baseball does need to handle it better because I'd, I'd argue that Major League Baseball does a poor job in general of touting their talent. What, would, what do you think about that, Seamus? Well, I mean, I, I was thinking about this as you guys were giving your opinions. And, I mean, Derek Jeter, you know, you, you look at somebody like him, and he didn't need a publicity team. I mean, granted, he played on the New York Yankees and, you know, the most successful team in, in the history of Major League Baseball. Um, but, you know, he was... For a lot of years, he was the face of baseball. And it's it's like you've had guys from larger markets, more well-known teams, successful teams, that even though it wasn't their choice, they kind of took on the mantle without being asked to, without, without offering to. It just kind of happened. But right now... Even though you got somebody like Aaron Judge in New York, you've got Mike Trout in L.A. Um, these guys, they're not that kind of a person. At least they don't appear to be. They, you know, Mike Trout has said, I just want to go out and play ball. Yeah, I'll be nice to the kids when they show up, but I want to play ball. Aaron Judge just he comes across as the same type of person. I just want to play ball. Right now, they don't have somebody who is relatable or desirable by a overall fan base. So this is something that Major League Baseball hasn't seen before. I don't think they've ever been in a position where they've had to select somebody to be the face of the league. So I... I think it's, it's like I said, it's all going to be in how they handle it. Yeah, very much so. Man, Aaron Judge, when he came out, I thought for sure that he was going to break out and kind of be that guy for the Yankees, the next big Yankees superstar, the guy who's larger than life physically and in personality. And, yeah, he's really, he really hasn't. I don't know if that's more of Major League Baseball handling it wrong or if that's just baseball culture. Because baseball was America's pastime on its own, and it's been surpassed by you know the NBA and the NFL and that sort, where JJ Watt's hosting Saturday Night Live, but you're not seeing Aaron Judge. And I thought like, I thought for sure he was going to be the next guy, and it doesn't seem like he wants to take on that mantle. And it's just it's just very interesting that that we're at a point where baseball is kind of losing its popularity for the youth, and we kind of need to appoint somebody collectively as a guy who's going to take on that role. Um, what what can what can Major League Baseball do at this point to grow to grow as a sport? I know this is a very loaded question. I'm not looking for a, a, a an answer. I mean, a big answer necessarily, but just some ideas. Or what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna start with you, Kyle. What, what can Major League Baseball do to try to compete with these other major major market sports? Well, to me, I think you go back and look like in the 90s, in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, like uh, 
as a kid, like I remember growing up, solid, big name baseball players, and the the one player that came to mind right away when thinking about this is Ken Griffey Jr. Oh yeah. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. was the face of baseball for a long time. I mean, everything about him. Good-looking guy. He had an awesome swing. He was super athletic. He was personable. Made his video games. Yeah, swagger. Yeah, he did. He did it all. I, he he made cameos on shows and movies too, um, and he was like a big, big like he was like a superhero in a way, kind of like what Kobe Bryant was to the NBA. Um, and I, I think sometimes you got to go backwards to move forwards, and when it comes to this issue. A good model is to look at the guys like Ken Griffey Jr., to look at guys like Roger Clemens before the whole scandal, steroid scandal became, because Roger Clemens was another one. Every kid wanted to pitch like Roger Clemens and wanted to be Roger Clemens. Um, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, it's a shame that these guys are tainted, but they were bigger than big players. Um, and what did they do? You know, like maybe Christian Yelich goes out and makes a video game, you know, or does That'd be uh, awesome. That'd be sweet. starts doing, you know, things that um, not only can relate to fans our age and in our demographic, but young kids too. So kids can look up and be like, that's my hero. That's that, like, you know, larger-than-life talents. Michael Jordan did it, too, with um, Space Jam, you know? Um, doing things like that. That that Going backwards, looking at what the guys, when we were kids, did. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, I mean, even... There's points in baseball history where it was the teams we were looking at, like the, the Reds in the 70s, the Braves in the 90s. It was A lot of times it was teams, and... And that's the the home run thing between Sosa and McGuire and then later Barry Bonds. I mean, that was, I mean, a lot of it was, I think, hush-hushed because baseball was suffering and needed something like that. And that's why, you know, Commissioner Seelig kind of brushed a lot of that under the rug. So, yes, it'll be interesting to see where this goes with Christian Yelich, what kind of marketing deals he's getting involved with. Because, you know, I mean, there's there's... LeBron James has his own like publishing company, and he's he's in, involved in in creating TV shows and movies. Space Jam Two, yeah, Space Jam Two. He's involved in all this stuff while being an active player. He's a very successful businessman, and we're not seeing that in baseball. And like I said, JJ Watt on SNL. So something has to be done to grow this sport on a larger market because baseball is that that sport where. It's brought up by a bunch of these, you know, TV markets that are much smaller. There's, there's got to be something going on the national stage. There's got to be guys in movies. There's got to be guys on TV shows doing the, the talk show circuit. It's got to happen if we're, we're going to compete with the NBA and NFL who just continue to grow. I mean, it's the Shield and it's NBA where the players run everything. It's, I love the way those two, especially the NBA, is run in that aspect, and I'd love to see baseball grow into that point, especially with all these contracts going around. Um, which brings us to our next topic, which is the big news that came out late last night. Well, not late last night, about 7 o'clock, about the time I finished my show prep, which is very upsetting because I had to do a lot of work today, but it's very interesting and it's a lot of fun. 
Mookie Betts is a Dodger. How about that? Um, a little bit to, to talk about that. Uh, so Mookie Betts and David Price and Cash and Money go to the Dodgers in exchange for Alex Verdugo, who will likely be their, their right fielder and hard-throwing right-handed pitching prospect. Brewer star Gratural from Minnesota and right-hander Kenta Maeda is going to the Twins. It was a three-team deal. The Dodgers also sent Jock, Jock Peterson, and a minor league outfielder, Andy Pegas, to the Angels for infielder Luis Rigbifo. Um, very big move for baseball. This is kind of the one we've been waiting for for all of off, all the offseason in terms of, of trades. There was a long time that it was being speculated that Mookie was going to go to the Dodgers, um, but he ended up going to the, I mean, sorry, to the Padres, but he ended up going to the Dodgers. There's a lot to this, and there's a lot of question marks that have risen as a result of this. So this is going to be a really interesting talk. I want to get everybody's points on this. What do you guys? I'm just going to start with a broad question. Black Josh, what do you think? Mookie Betts is a Dodger. What are the Red Sox thinking? I honestly don't know what they're thinking. I mean, I don't know. I got nothing for that. I have some. I have some ideas. I want to get everybody's thoughts on it first. Yeah, it seems, off the top, it just seems crazy. You have a generational talent, an MVP, a guy who could probably be an MVP any year. He's a top five baseball player, and I think everybody agrees with that. I agree with that. Killer Kyle, what do you think? Mookie Betts is a Dodger. What are the Red Sox thinking? It's so funny. You called it on the very last show. I was listening to it today. I was replaying our Saturday episode at work, and... Uh, you were literally saying it's going to happen. It was so funny. I laughed when <laughs> you said this. Um, yeah, what's going on with the Boston Red Sox? I mean, they're fault. They're completely. They're a straight dumpster fire right now. With the uh, with that's their, too generous a term. Oh wow! Well, hmm. <laughs> really it's not sexy. It's just not, not sexy. sexy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wow, with the coach, um, the the cheating, uh, the the not making the playoffs last year, which was hilarious after winning a World Series. And playing um, with GM, GM's gone. I how how do you how do you justify this if you're the Red Sox? I I because they didn't get anybody in return. It's not like they even got a name. Yeah, Verdugo's and, okay. Verdugo's good. That's it. Yeah, he's it's good. Not, it's not a, a Mookie Betts-type caliber name, though. No. I mean, it's not an upper echelon talent. Um, I, you would expect, like, a like a trade. You, I would expect to see, like, a Mookie Betts to, for Nolan Arenado-type deal. Like, that's the kind of talent you would think would be swapped, but... Uh, th- this move makes no sense for Boston and for LA. Holy cow! Like it's they're gonna be really good. <laughs> like there's just no way around it. They're stacked. Yeah, the Dodgers are set to win the World Series this year. I don't think there's any denying that that they are the team to beat in baseball right now. I can't wait to hear your thoughts, Seamus. What's going on here? Like I said, this the 
the term dumpster fire is too generous of a term to describe the Red Sox right now. Um, I honestly think part of the blame goes to Dombrowski because he, he extended Nathan Eovaldi with an insane contract. Steve Pierce got an insane contract. And you don't, if and both of those people would have signed for half of what they were offered, but they took the money because who's going to say no to that sum of money? But do they do they not give out those deals? They've got they they come up with the extra hundred million dollars for Mookie, and they stay underneath the luxury tax threshold. But what you did was the the team who was the last team to integrate. The ownership group that's currently in place and has done so much to fix the tarnished racial image that was the Yawkey family has a once-in-a-generational position player, second-best player in baseball behind Mike Trout, and you let him go. You essentially get rid of our number one position player, our number two pitcher, and you don't get shit in return. This is beyond a dumpster fire. Dombrowski gets the blame for being in the financial position to not be able to retain Mookie Betts. And I put the, the rest of the blame in the lap of Heim Bloom because he did not negotiate a proper return. Nobody that the Red Sox got, when you put them in comparison to Mookie alone, not counting David Price because that was just a contract shred, but any of the three people that they got in return next to Mookie Betts, none of them come close. This is beyond a dumpster fire, and I will not watch a single game of baseball this year because what? of this. You're not going to watch any baseball because of the Red Sox suck? Nope. I have deleted my MLB.com account. You're a liar. That's ridiculous. No, I am not. Yes, you are. No, I, I am not. I will call you out on this in oh. a couple months. What do the Red Sox have to do with the Brewers? Other than that they play each other this year. Thank God that they're playing in Boston because I wouldn't spend the money. Wow. Um, okay. I don't think you should boycott and baseball because the Red Sox don't care. He's lying. Kyle, you say I'm lying. I am not buying anything that you're selling right now. We do a baseball show. <laughs> Well, anyways, I want to get I want to get on the points. Um, yeah, Dave Dombrowski definitely he he has to shoulder some of the blame. Now, when Dave Dombrowski was hired, he brought the Red Sox back again into relevance, won them a World Series. So, I don't think it can all be put on Dombrowski because he that was lightning in a bottle. He's a pedal to the metal, spend and win now kind of GM. That's the guy that they hired to win them a World Series. He did just that. And I, I, so, yes, some blame has to be on him. But at the same point, he was hired to win and, and spend money. And the Red Sox are a team that has more than, more than enough means to spend money. Um, the Fenway Sports Group, since purchasing the club for $700 million eight, 18 years ago, has now ballooned to a $6.6 billion uh, company 
and they also own the Premier League's Liverpool Football Club. They're, they're, and you can't find an extra hundred million to sign Mookie Betts. So There's a problem there. Yeah, that's on high and bloom, like you said. Um, just another point about the the Fenway Sports Group. Their holdings place at third globally, third globally on the list of the world's largest sports conglomerates. They have more, the third most money of any sports conglomerate in the entire world. And uh, sources say that the Red Sox became obsessed with unloading the final three years and $96 million on David Price's deal at some point this winter, and the bets was going to be included with a David Price move no matter what. It was going to happen. They've been planning this all the offseason. For the Red Sox, it's become all about money. Um, owner, owner John Henry spilled his plan to duck under the competitive balance tax threshold for 2020 last September. And then he attempted to walk it back by saying it was a suggestion, not a mandate. But it was very clear going into this offseason that the Red Sox were going to be prepared to dump salary for some reason. This is the Boston Red Sox. This is, this is the biggest. I mean, Mookie Betts is the best player that they've had since Ken Williams. This is, this is the curse of the Bambino all over again. I'd, I'd expect another 80-some years of Red Sox irrelevance because this team is now cursed. Uh, Chris, you also- and when it happens, when when it happens, no Red Sox fan can be upset about this. Why do you say that? When, when we when we hit mediocrity, you should not. No Red Sox fan should be surprised with the next drought that comes along, because we watched the move happen right in front of our faces. Yes, we did, and it. Yeah, I mean. I mean, they can be mad, but they can't be surprised. I don't think any of us are going to be surprised if the Red Sox finish with an 81-81 season. Um, you alluded to some of the players that were being paid. Now, Nathan Evaldi, he's making $17 million a year. Xander Bogarts, he's making twenty. J.D. Martinez, making $24 million a year. Chris Sale's still making $30 million a year. And nobody is even sure if Chris Sale is going to be a worth a damn this season because he's been battling elbow injury for the past two years. And watch what happens. Now that Mookie's gone, J.D. will will opt out. Ben and Tendi will leave. Jackie Bradley Jr. will leave. Why, why stay when you're going to be, in order to keep yourself feeling good financially, you're going to get rid of winning talent. They are going to lose a lot of players in this. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. J.D. Martinez sent out a, a very, he, he sent out a sad face emoji the second this went down. These players aren't happy about it, let alone the fans. Nobody's happy about this in terms of Boston sports, and it's, it's very, uh, I mean, it's, it's very telling. You know how much of a Mookie Betts fan I am. I, if I was going to have a son, his name was going to be Mookie. That was my plan. Um, since 2016, only one player in the game has a higher war than Mookie Betts, and his is 33.8, and that's Mike Trout who's at 35.5. An interesting side note that I, that I discovered when, when researching this topic, and I'm going to quote, this is an article from Scott Miller um, from, from Bleacher Report. And this is interesting, Seamus. I'm not sure if you've heard about this. So most of the, this is the quote, most of the club scouts and player development staff received fake rings in 2019, according to one source with direct knowledge, in the aftermath of the 18 World Series victory. The source said the source said the club sent a letter with a ring stating something to the effect of congratulations on the 2018 World Series. All your hard work has paid off with a tier 3 ring that included lab created sapphires and rubies and cubic zirconium. 
The guys that scouted and developed Mookie Betts got a fake ring. The guy that signed Mookie Betts got a fake World Series ring. What? Is someone peeing right now? Nobody's peeing. What's going on? I'm just sitting. What was that noise? <laughs> Alright, let's pretend we're doing a show. Um, what do you think about that thing? <laughs> I had heard that, and... It, I mean... The cubic zirconia was a big turnoff. The, the sapphires and the rubies and everything, those are still valuable gemstones. Oh. But... <laughs> When when you look at when you look at the fact that they they stuff those rings with with CZ, it's it's a slap in the face to your development team. Very much so. And it's 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 another way that they're trying to hold on to their money. You think they're trying and to save like, money by getting fake rings? These these people these people did you a great service by finding these guys, developing these guys. They deserve just as much of a thank you as the people on the field, as you yourself that's getting one of the tier one bling rings. It's it's bullshit. Yeah, it's it's really like a sign of like where the Red Sox are as an organization to give out fake rings. Like a team like the Royals or the Brewers or the Mets, I'm sure would be happy to give their entire everybody in the staff, including the janitor, a real ring for for the efforts that they made and and in securing a World Series championship, it's really, it's really kind of awkward to think about. Um, so yeah, the, the the Red Sox are making moves like the Brewers did this off season, you know, dumping salary and trying to almost come into a rebuild. And it, it's it's kind of scary for Boston sports. I mean, Tom Brady might be leaving. No one knows what's going on with Bill. Thank God, I still have the Bruins. Yeah, I was going to say, the Celtics aren't really worth a damn too much, and the, the Red Sox don't care anymore. It, we might, I mean, granted, what do you got, 14 championships in the, in the millennium for, for all of Boston sports? I think it's around 14 or something. Something like that. Something 13 or 14 between the Bruins, the Red Sox, the Celtics, and the Patriots. So, I mean, I'd just say everybody hang tight if you're a Boston sports fan because it's going to potentially be a long, long drought. Um, anybody else final thoughts? Killer Kyle, you got any, anything left on the Red Sox? Um, no, Seamus did a great job. I, I really enjoyed. He just screenshotted me his MLB account. <laughs> I don't know why. He wanted to prove to you that he canceled it. You guys didn't? You guys didn't believe I did it. I, I didn't say that. I don't believe that you're not going to watch a single baseball game this year. Get out of here. I know you're going to nope. watch a game. And I'm nope. going to... I'm going to call you out on it. If someone bought you tickets, you wouldn't go to a game? Nope. Because of the Red Sox suck? Well, so much for our five-tool uh, podcast game I was planning where I was going to get us all tickets to go to a game together. All right, I'll take Seamus' ticket. I'll sit in two. No, he's going. <laughs> Listen, right. I, I don't really care about the Red Sox to give you any more content. That's fair. They suck. That's bad. They... And so do the Bruins. Hockey sucks. Oh, God. So do the XFL sucks. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Got him. How are we not talking about the opening week of XFL? X going good. Because it's not a real sport. 
It is, it is by far a real sport. It's football. I love that they're using DMX as their hype song. Hey, Five Tool Podcast Nation, I would like to be in an XFL fantasy football league, so if anybody's interested, send me a message on Five Tool or my DMs. I'm actually in on that, too, just because I don't know anything about any of the players, and I don't think anybody does. Exactly! That's, That's why, why it'd be, be so great! That's why it'll be great. I completely agree. It would be super challenging to to draft a team. Just draft a team alone would be so Hard, because we don't know any of these players. Yeah, and half of them are going to probably be injured, because it's football, and that's what they do. <laughs> Let's do it! it and it'll be even better, because the season won't even come to an actual conclusion. It might. This is no AAF, by any means. <laughs> yeah, Do you hear right. Vince McMahon is already $400 million in debt from the XFL? <laughs> <laughs> that ain't nothing to him. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. This is more of a dumpster fire than the Red Sox. How about that? You, you gotta spend money, make money, baby. Not the Red Sox. Okay, moving on. <laughs> we had a great weekend oh for sports. There was four, about four or five hours of just excellent TV on Sunday night. It was good from start to finish. I'm talking about the Super Bowl. I thought the whole production was great. I'm not a big fan of the NFL as an organization. I love the sport and I love watching it. But I thought they they did this 100th season uh, edition of the Super Bowl in in a great way. I'm going to start off with the halftime show. I'm going to go around the table. Was it as good as you expected it to be starting with you Black Josh? I thought it was fine. Like I didn't have any problem with any of it. Was it as good as you thought it was going to be? I thought it could have been better, but yeah. Yeah, for what it was, I mean, it was great. I thought it was excellent as well. We'll get to my thoughts. Um, Seamus, what did you think of the halftime show? Did it live up to the hype? Was it as good as you expected? What, what, what did you think? Um, it was entertaining. Um, any chance I get to, to see Shakira shaking it on TV? Yeah, I'll, I'll watch. That was yeah. hands down the best part. Shakira um, I was also really impressed with her breaking out the guitar and, and, and being on the drum set. Yeah, she played the drums. I thought that was sweet. Really cool. Um, and the other thing, I mean, I, you've heard, I've heard so many people talk about how it was offensive and inappropriate, and I'm just going to say this. You got Shakira was Shakira's birthday. She turned 43 on Super Bowl Sunday. And you've got a 43-year-old woman, and you've got a 50-year-old woman in J-Lo who are... In that kind of shape, let them do what they want to do. Let them do what they Hell do. Yeah. They're entertainers. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, the the singing, the performance and everything, I have heard that a lot of it, they were singing the track. But that's okay. I mean, J-Lo's not a good singer. No, no, not at all. But she is a fantastic entertainer. And if nothing else, the Super Bowl halftime show was extremely entertaining. I agree. Killer Kyle, your thoughts on the Super Bowl halftime show? I'm sure you got some passionate takes. So you know how like all, all of like a majority of suburban housewives that are that age are disgusting, out of shape, <laughs> full of full of shit to say 
always want to argue because that's what women like to do. They like to argue. <laughs> and <laughs> that's what's happening. Like, the only people that didn't like it are these middle-aged moms who do nothing with their lives. They sit at home all day. They eat shitty food. They don't exercise. Look, Shakira and J-Lo are so unbelievably hot. And the fact that they're, like, in their 40s and 50s is even hotter. <laughs> yes. I, I, they, they look so good, and they're so old <laughs> compared to, like, you know, the Demi Lovatos and the Ariana Grandes. Like, they killed it. J-Lo is a great dancer. Shakira is a great dancer. They showed off their heritage. Um, they stayed true to themselves. I didn't mind the Latina vibe at all. The Super Bowl is in Miami. They are, that's their background. Like, I'm so glad they stayed true to themselves. Um, I don't know who the dudes were that came in there. Bad Baby or some, I, I never heard. I never heard of them. I didn't really care for them. Um, but I love that J-Lo brought the kids out, the girls that were up there. I think her daughter was up there, too. One, the one that was singing was her daughter. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, Adam Levine the year before was half naked and, like, humping the microphone. And nobody had a problem with that. These stupid women didn't have a problem with that. You know, but yeah. they... It, Whatever. It was a great show. I love women. I'm not trying to pick on women. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, go on. No, that's, that. I mean, that's really the gist of it. It's it just, because every dude, Michael Wilbon um, is famous for texting, or uh, tweeting the word Lordy three times yeah. in a tweet yeah. when describing the halftime show. Lordy is my new favorite word. That is what all middle-aged men say when they are so horny <laughs> yeah kyle Lordy. kyle over here trying to prove to everyone that he likes women very interesting i love the halftime show i thought it was <laughs> very well choreographed i thought it was great to the only two things that i didn't like i thought they looked amazing i thought they were so hot the booty shaking on national tv shakir's was amazing the only two things that I would have, if I was Jay-Z and Beyonce producing that show, I would have changed two things. I would have made it more Latin. I would have made it, I would have gone all out on the Latin stuff. I would have had a band with horns, you know, sal- more, a little more salsa dancing. They kind of touched on that at the end. I would have, I wanted them to, do, wanted them to go all out Latin vibe on it. But they, they, they circled the catalog for both artists. And the other thing is I wanted them to close with Hips Don't Lie just because that's the best song between the both of them. But they wanted to bring it the kids in and do the kids in the cages to illustrate a point with the with the culture shift and everything. And and I thought the whole thing was really well done. I thought it was excellent. I, I was surprised that anyone had problems with it, honestly. I really was. We see half-naked people on TV all the time. I didn't really understand what the big deal people was. People are going to have problems with everything. Yeah, people are, all, No matter what. Yeah, people are just tend to be haters in that aspect. Um, I just want to go, just one word answer. I'm going to ask everybody, starting with Josh, who is hotter, J-Lo or Shakira? Shakira. Chris, who is hotter, J-Lo or Shakira? Shakira. Killer Kyle? Oh, that's so tough. <laughs> I said one word. Gonna be, <laughs> I'm going to be devil's advocate and say J-Lo because she's older and she 
still looks like she's 30. She still looks great. Just to clarify, I'm saying Shakira because I thought her booty shake was way better. Yeah. Shakira, Shakira, God, when she came out, I was just in awe about her beauty. I just, the second I saw her, I was like, she looks exactly like she did in like 2001 when I first saw the Whenever Wherever video. She looks no different except for she has a little more booty than that even. And that she's just incredible. She is a goddess and I love her. And... So, Why don't you marry her, Rob? Well, I, I have a girl that Watch I like. Us. I have a girl that I like a little bit more than Shakira. Anyways, I want to talk just real quickly because we're really running out of time and we got to talk the game. Three, I have three questions based on the NFL 100. Number one, does Brett Favre keep looking better with age? Yes. Because I saw him at the pregame. He just looks great. What do you guys think? Brett Favre, keep looking better with age. He's off the Vicodin now, so... Yeah, he looks with it. He looks hot. He looks good with the, with the gray he did when he was with the Vikings, but he keeps looking better. What do you think, Killer Kyle? Yeah, my my kid's mom has a big crush on Brett Favre, uh, middle-aged Brett Favre, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm bitter. He looks great. He looks I mean, so good. I, I love Brett Favre. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's my guy. I grew up with him. You know, he's always going to be the guy. Yeah, and I was, it was good to see him there. It was good to see all the players there representing. I mean, the old, the young. It was, it was it was, just, it was really cool. I didn't give a shit about the NFL 100 until I saw them all on the field together and they did that cool little presentation. Yeah, I like um, that. That shit was dope. Question for everyone. Are you surprised they put O.J. Simpson on the NFL 100? And it's not- <laughs> <laughs> Such a stupid question. What, I, are you, no, I was. I was a little bit shocked. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> I was. Because, like, I mean, he's 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 become a pariah. Yeah, he's always uh, been in trouble. And nobody, 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 nobody in media, sports, TV, film, whatever. Nobody will touch him. So I was, I was a little surprised. Yes, and it's kind of funny they put him on there. That he was the one guy, other than the deceased, that I didn't actually see at the game. So they were nice enough to put him on there, but they, they didn't let him come to the game. <laughs> unless, he, unless he's not allowed in Miami for one particular reason or another, I'm not too sure. Listen, OJ's the GOAT. He's the GOAT of sports athletes who murder. I mean, What about Ray Lewis? No, he's, he's more GOATish than Ray Lewis. He's got so much swag. Even at 70 years old, OJ's got all the swag. Yeah, all right. We got to get into the game. I had one more question. I'm just gonna, I'll just make it as a comment. I thought the thing with the kid running into the stadium after that really cool oh. thing, that was the shit. I think that was the best was intro to awesome. the Super Bowl ever. Yeah, they loved did, it. They just did such a good job with the production. So with that being said, I just want to talk about the game now couple questions. I want to keep it quick. We only got about 13 minutes left for the show today. Does Richard Sherman have to retire after all the shit he's now talked? He should. He should, shouldn't he? He shouldn't even retire. He should just quit. He should just quit. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Get off Twitter. You're done, son. What do you guys think? Done. Be gone. No, I hope not. He's great for the NFL. I think he is too, but man, he's got... He's hilarious. He's hilarious, but he's gotten shut up too many times now. I know, isn't that great as a Packer fan? Don't you just, don't you just, it's beautiful. I've hated Richard Sherman for a long time. 
I've always liked him, but now it's like I don't even want to be on his side because it's like, okay, you've got a sock shove. I'm not on his side. I love that he's getting embarrassed. I love to just year after year keep seeing Richard Sherman be made an imbecile. Yeah. So Sammy Watkins says that he was great for football. Sammy Watkins said he was watching the NFC Championship game and and he saw or he says he saw Devontae Adams kill Richard Sherman on an inside release in the title game. I read that. After recognizing man coverage in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, Watkins torched him for a 38-yard reception. That's awesome. He was watching game film of that game, saw Devontae torch him, and just knew that he was going to be able to beat Sherman deep because you can't beat the speed of that Chiefs team. Now, this begs the question. we got 10 minutes left. I want to get real in-depth, as in-depth as we can on this because me and Seamus have opposing views on this, and I'm going to love this topic. Did the 49ers lose the Super Bowl? Or did the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Seamus, give it to me, bud. 49ers lost the Super Bowl. Why? Disagree. I I don't care if you guys agree or not. Jimmy Garoppolo threw eight passes in the NFC title game. Completed six. Ran the ball. They were a running team. The previous game, I think he threw 14, 15 passes, but, and they ran the ball. Why go away from what works and I, I just, I don't understand, but there, then again, Kyle Shanahan, he was the one responsible for 28-3 Atlanta, New England. Right. Um, he he is notorious for going away from what works because he wants to try something else. The Super Bowl is not the stage to do that. Now, I'm not taking away from Kansas City took advantage of the mistakes, but if if the 49ers stick to running the ball, the mistakes wouldn't have been there for Kansas City to capitalize on. So I was doing some research on this because I wanted to to get a scope as to what you were saying because I kind of saw the same thing and I also wondered why Kyle Shanahan decided to abandon the run almost entirely going into that fourth quarter. And now the defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, Steve Spagnuolo, he changed the defense going into the fourth quarter in an interview that he gave after the game saying that he wanted to change three things. He wanted more managed coverage in the fourth quarter. He wanted to double-team Kittle. And he wanted to use Reggie Raglan to fill the gap on run blitzes. And he executed those maneuvers. And I think perhaps that's why Kyle Shanahan decided to abandon the run almost completely going into that quarter. And that's when we started seeing the shift change. Even, even the first like five minutes of the, the fourth quarter were very you know 49ers dominant. There was that, er, that early fourth quarter interception. Now, the numbers for Jimmy G... A very staggering in that fourth quarter. He was 3 of 11 for 36 yards and a pick. And, of course, he missed Emmanuel Sanders on that big 49-yard pass with less than two minutes left on a third and ten. And I want to give credit to Black Josh here. He said it on our last show. He's been saying it for since this Super Bowl matchup was ready. He said Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the reason that the, the 49ers are not going to come out on top. And i, I got to give you credit. You were dead nuts on. What do you think about that? I love it. Yeah. Love it. I fucking knew it was going to happen. I fucking knew it. 
Um, so, so, yeah, when it mattered most, Mahomes did what great quarterbacks do. I mean, he – in that – I got a little bit of a timeline. In the first three quarters, the, the 49ers were dominating, um, even with that pick in the fourth quarter. And, and then that 44-yard pass to Tyreek Hill with 7-13 left in the third quarter changed the game's momentum. And then three play, uh, and then later on, Kansas City scored. Um, with 5-10 left on the clock in the game, a 38-yard uh, pass from Mahomes to Watkins, that was the one that we talked about earlier, against Sherman, put, later put the Kansas City, or I'm sorry, put the Chiefs up. 24-20 in that game. What's going on there? Nothing. Oh, you're good? So, when, when the game mattered most, Mahomes took, the, took, the, took, took control and did what great quarterbacks do, and Jimmy Garoppolo proved himself as being the lesser quarterback, at least from that Super Bowl, and fell apart. Killa Kyle, your thoughts on the, the collapse of the 49ers? Who won this game? Did, did the Chiefs win or did the 49ers lose? Yeah, listen, the 49ers made, had their miscues. There's no doubt about it. Um, but... Here, this is the Super Bowl, and when you're when a team is playing in the Super Bowl, this is all about who is elite and who's not, who's more deserving, who wants it more. And the Chiefs, that last quarter, that last ten minutes of the game, wanted it more than San Francisco did. That's why they won the game. San Francisco lost the game, but it's not. They didn't lose it because they lost the game. They won because Patrick Mahomes stepped it up. He became a leader. He led that offense. They got the job done because Kansas City wanted it more. It's that simple. Jimmy Garoppolo proved that he is not big time. Um, And the 49ers have an out with him this year. Um, They... If they want to dump him, they can do it without with a minimal hit to their cap. I think should they? You might. I, 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 I think, think you might. Dump him. I think you might want to look at it. An outside rumor I'm hearing is uh, dump Garoppolo, bring in uh, Tom Brady for two years, and then uh, draft a quarterback. I don't see that happening. Jimmy Garoppolo had a very good season. He almost threw for four thousand yards. Oh no doubt. If, if they win that game, we're not having that conversation. I agree. He he is a very good quarterback, had a very good year, um, and it could have just been that he's just not ready. Not ready to be a Super Bowl champion. He's still young. He's only been a starter for two years. Um, it, it would be kind of unfair to give up on him at this point. And it's important to give uh, the Chiefs defense some credit because it, it wasn't just They played great. It, he did. It wasn't It wasn't just Mahomes that took the team on the back. It was It was a, a, a three and out. It was... It was important stops and important moments of the game. There was a point where there was back-to-back tipped passes by alignment on the Chiefs. He had three in the game. I think it was uh, Jones, I think his name was. He had three tipped passes. Two of them were back-to-back on Jimmy Garoppolo. They could have gone for picks. It was... it was The momentum shift was so obvious in this game that it was like, once the Chiefs took the lead, I didn't see any chance of San Francisco coming back. And they probably could have managed the clock better, and this was a chance where Andy Reid has been known for the guy who fails to manage the clock properly in, in important situations. Well, he did it just perfectly. He gave his, his quarterback enough time to succeed, and I want to give credit to Andy Reid. 21 seasons in the NFL, 15 trips to the playoffs, 10 division titles, seven championship appearances, two Super Bowl trips, and he finally got his. 
and all the credit to him. Well-deserving. Well-deserved. We can no longer ignore the Chiefs. They're the new kings of the AFC, and Mahomes is here to stay. He's the face. Face of the NFL. Between yeah. them, yeah, it's it's a new it's a new era. Move over to Tom Brady. Move over to the Manning families. I don't want to say move over Rodgers, but it might, <laughs> it might be time. Might move over Russell Wilson because it's Pat Mahomes' time. What do you guys think? New NFL, new face of the AFC Chiefs. What do you think? Definitely agree, one hundred percent. <laughs> oh, nobody else. Nobody else wants to admit that Rodgers is. I mean, I, I, I already said it. It's Early one year. It's one year. It's twenty years. It's going to be twenty. Well, yeah, we're going to see Mahomes for uh, you know. Wow, we're going to be into our fifties and still be seeing Pat Mahomes. He's not going anywhere. Sorry, famous. And famous lost. Let me see it. All right. He's going to X go and bring it to you or give it to you. <laughs> final, rank, final rankings for our uh, season picks. We've been doing this since about week 12, I believe, of this last season. Um, I came out ahead 17 and 10. Black Josh 14 and 13. Killa Kyle 13 and 14. And Seamus finished with a 12 and 15 record, which means Seamus, like we predicted on the last show, Seamus will have to wear Yankees gear as our <laughs> profile picture for a week. That'll be coming up soon. Keep your eyes peeled. Um, looking ahead for the Five Tool Podcast, we have Eric William Agnew from the Miller Park Minute coming on February 22nd. <laughs> that is the first day of Brewer Spring Training Games. They'll be playing the Rangers that day. We'll be discussing that, as well as looking ahead at the season, the roster, the schedule, all that good shit. We're going to have a really jam-packed Brewers Lay show on February 22nd. Mike Wiki 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 Wicket is coming on February 15th, the day after uh, Valentine's Day, and we're He's from Mike Wicked Podcast. He's also a radio personality or a former radio personality. You may have heard of him. And we'll be discussing... Shout out WSSP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be discussing all things uh, local sports in the area as well as national stuff. I will be appearing... Me, the Butcher, will be appearing on the Sold Out Podcast in the next coming w- couple weeks. Possibly... Uh, February 22nd to talk life and podcasting. We got stickers coming soon. We got merch coming soon. Keep an eye out for the Five Tool Podcast. Add us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good shit. Keep an eye out for us. We love you. Anybody last words before we're out? Yeah, can I make a shout out? Yep. Shout out to AEW All All Elite Wrestling. Great brand, up and coming. Shout out XFL. Shout out Dan Doucette. Shout out Chris Carroll in Yankees uniform. <laughs> You're so fired, Kyle. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Seamus, any last words? No. We, hey, we love you here, man. We love you. Black Josh, any last words? No, I'm good. All right. With that, we'll see you Saturday. We got another jam-packed show coming for you. Keep your eyes peeled. We love you more than you'd probably like to admit. And with that, don't widen the plate. <laughs>